time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review and what a difference seven days makes. A week ago it was despondence after another hammering by Celtic and the old firm. This week new training ground, six points from six. Dave, it's all sunshine and rainbows, isn't it? Yeah, suddenly everybody's going, what was all the fuss about? You know, um, I, I think it was it was a good performance on Saturday. I know that uh, Kilmarnock, they had no central defenders, basically, because they did have, to be fair to them, really bad luck through injury and also suspension. So they had midfielders Dicker and Power at the very heart of their defence. And yeah, they did um, make some mistakes, but I still thought it was a very professional, uh, slick performance from Aberdeen. And I really liked the way Main and Cosgrove dovetailed up front together. When I saw that Aberdeen were going with a front two, I thought, oh, I wonder how Maine will do. I wonder if Maine and Cosgrove can play together. Well, hopefully we've got a positive answer to that one based on what I saw on Saturday. Well, that was it. I think given the stick that Derek McInnes has taken in recent weeks, um, possibly deserves some credit for this one. And I think he alluded to as much in his post-match interview Um we knew Kilmarnock were thin on the ground in defenders and we went with two up top for exactly that reason and it paid off. Yeah, and, and you know, the feedback from the fans appears to be, Derek, a front two does work. Please stick with a front two. It'll be interesting to see what Derek's uh, team and formation is like for Ross County. But I, I personally feel that uh, Curtis Main you know, deserves a run in the side. Let's see how he gets on. Let's see how his partnership with Cosgrove can continue to hopefully blossom. Hopefully it does. Yeah, well, that was it. I think when we've seen him in flashes so far this season, um, he's not really lived up to much. I don't think there was massive excitement about him coming in, to be honest. That was certainly, I would say, his best performance in Aberdeen shirt. And he stayed on the pitch for 90 minutes, which is a boost. Yeah, absolutely. There were no no rash challenges there. Um, And, you know, he admitted after the game that, you know, he had been frustrated at sitting on the sidelines, but he said it was just a case of get his head down, keep working hard and try and take his uh, chance at shining when it came along. And I I thought he really looked apart. I mean, we all knew he was a a big, strong, uh, muscular guy, but a lot of people would have been excused for thinking, well, that's pretty much where it all ends. But he showed a good touch. He took his goal absolutely brilliantly. It was a, a wonderful cross from the left from uh, Ferguson. But he, he threw himself at the ball, didn't he? Great, great diving header. Took it so well. But, you know, his game intelligence, laying the ball off, his movement, his his passing, his general game awareness seemed really good if, if Saturday was anything to go by. Well, it's one of those... I think it's always been the case when you get a striker, gets a goal... You always say that that'll give them a lift. But I think you saw it almost instantly with Curtis Main this weekend. Yeah, I think it, he, it, he almost he almost from the minute before he scored the goal to the five minutes after he scored the goal looked a totally different player. You, you know, it was like a flick, uh, a switch had been flicked. You know, uh, confidence switched off. Let's switch the confidence on. Click. And there it was. Totally transformed. You know, they say that games change, you know, goals change games well, goals also change players and, you know I, I, I said to him after the game, Callum I said, you know, I, I get your I, I guess you're very much in the mindset now 
that the next game can't come quickly enough. And he said, you know, that's exactly it. He can't wait for Saturday. And, you know, hopefully he does play from the start. Oh, and obviously Cosgrove chipping in with his goal as well, as he always does for Aberdeen at the moment. Unbelievable. That's, I think, 16 or 17 goals this season. Um, great form. And he was so unlucky with uh, a long-range drive um, in, uh, at the game on Saturday came off the inside of the, the base of the keeper's right hand post and then unluckily for Aberdeen came, came back into play but you know he's just going from, from strength to strength Let, let's hope that you know uh, we can hold on to him for, for as long as we can certainly till the, the end of the season no, that's it. And I don't want to. I think we've 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 kind of almost laboured the point a little bit on this show mm. in our kind of Sam Cosgrove appreciating society this season because he's been about the only positive so far this year. But we have another one, Dave. Um, since he's come back into the side Wednesday night and Saturday, Lewis Ferguson has been phenomenal. I think it's one of those. It's a we've had players like it in the past where I don't think we realised quite how much we'd miss him till he wasn't there. He's been unbelievable in these last two and has really been the difference, hasn't he? Yeah, well, do you know something? I, I've I've been at the last two games. Oh, and while I'm at it, I was at the last two games and we won. Yeah, yeah. So you can cut the Galloway must go stuff right now. Okay, Davidson. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, Still on a sugly peg. Well, well, at least there's a peg now. It's not on the floor now. At least the peg is up there on the wall, uh, albeit a bit surely. But jo- joking aside, Ferguson, he was absolutely outstanding um, against Kilmarnock. You know, I, I was swithering over whether to make him my man in the match or main, but I had to go with young Fergie in the end. Just, just edged out uh, big main, and you know his, his. His passing, his his class, his authority—he stamped it all over that game, and it's so hard to believe that he is still so young. And and, and remember, it's not so long ago that the manager brought him in, and he wasn't even supposed to be a first-team player. He was brought in to go in the reserve team, and you know, look at what he's done—he's just burst on the scene, and and he's never looked back. Absolutely terrific stuff from him. Oh well, that was a phenomenal turn in the goal on. Um... Wednesday night, Saturday, the, the the ball in for the first for Maine is absolutely perfect. Mm. Um, and then he had kind of in that in the second half, he had that little run where he chased the ball down, turned the defender inside out about three times, and was very unlucky that um, the the final shot came off the defender's head and over the bar rather than finding the top corner because that's what it deserved. That that would have been, if that had gone in, that would have been a goal of the the goal of the season contender. Never mind anything else. But you know. I, when he comes up with these great pieces of skill, the more often he does it, the less surprised you are because you, you come to expect that from him now. You know, I mean, you know, talk about bursting on the scene. Go cast your mind back, all the way back to the the Burnley game, the away leg of the the, the Burnley Europa League game. That overhead kick that he scored. What a way to get your first goal for Aberdeen. And you know, he's come up with great class and great moments ever since then hasn't he yeah well that was it it was kind of a, a year ago this weekend he was winning the game for us at Hamden unfortunately not there this year but um, big big goals in big games and he he doesn't score many tappings is the one thing um, I think that they're all they're all pretty spectacular yeah they all they all are he doesn't tend to score you know uh, poachers goals uh, he, he scores goals from 
um, way out and from you know uh, tight angles, etc., etc. And you know, and he he scores big goals. He's a big game player, isn't he? He is a big game player, no doubt. That's it. I think exactly what we've missed recently. But like we said, we've got to kind of just temper the enthusiasm a bit. I would say, Dave, we have two wins from two real. Yeah. Real progress on where it's been But I think we have to remember It was Hamilton Where although has been a tricky venue For the Dons in recent years We should be going there and winning And then we've come up against a Kilmarnock side With a makeshift centre-half pairing And have picked them off Yeah, the, listen the, the Celtic annihilation And let's face it, it was an annihilation It was it was four going on nine nil um, to them and you know we got off very very lightly as we discussed last week that still hurts that still really hurts but uh, a little bit of the pain has been healed and and you know with the, the last couple of results and you know it it has been good um the the last wee while for for Aberdeen starting on Wednesday with that victory against Hamilton you know Derek McInnes speaking to him after uh, the game on Saturday, he told me that you know Saturday's victory rounded off a positive few days for AFC. In isolation, the Cormac Park thing is is just a huge step forward for the club. As I've said often enough, it's it's a brilliant um, facility for us all to enjoy, and we've been way behind other clubs um, in facilities, and uh, that's been well documented. Umpteen managers way before me had the same complaint about Aberdeen and the lack of training facilities. We now have. Not only have we dealt with that, we've got a facility to be rightly proud of and couldn't be more pleased with that. And the two results great, you know, because there was a bit of scrutiny on us all for the after Celtic and I think the players have done extremely well to win both games with both clean sheets and um, creating uh, plenty of goals. It's just a, a start for us, hopefully we can go in and get the third one in a row um, against Ross County next week and go into the next international break, feeling a bit better about ourselves. Well, like Derek says, Dave, I'd positive week after after being under some pressure and let's say three three against Kilmarnock and could have and maybe should have been more one possibly two penalties do you think Dave yeah, certainly there was uh, there, there was one quite quite possibly two but definitely one when um you know um big Cosgrove was uh, absolutely cleaned out up at the the Richard Donald stand and for me uh, that was a penalty all day long. And every time I see a video replay, it becomes more and more um, a case for, for a penalty. But but mind you, it was Kevin Clancy in charge. No, well, the one I just want to touch on quickly, the one that I, th- I think the first one for me was, was, was a penalty all day. The second one is one that I think it's, it's something that's brought up quite a lot, that it's a foul that's given outside the box nine times out of ten, but never inside. And I think it was illustrated perfectly on... Saturday when yeah. Cosgrove was running into the box arm across the back Cosgrove goes down no penalty given Cosgrove goes back up kind of turns back towards that south stand side arm across the back goes down free kick <laughs> yeah you know the, there shouldn't be that in inconsistency a foul is a foul is a foul and if the foul happens in the penalty box then it's a penalty those are the rules it, it, unless it, they've changed them without telling me no well it's one of, it's one of those and I think it's it, it's that kind of penalty that you go, it's soft, but anywhere else on the park, it's a foul. Which is a line that's a, it's a cliche that needs to go away. It's but a ridiculous anomaly. Until, it? until referees stop applying that as the law, it's, it, it's what we're going to speak about. But it, it was illustrated so well in the fact that 
Literally within 10 seconds The same two players Almost recreated the instant Over on the side <laughs> And you could see Cosgrove I don't think Cosgrove Really appealed for the penalty I think he He was expecting to be clattered And kind of felt a little bit of contact And went down And bounced back up fairly quickly And then he went And kind of Was kind of backed into the side of the, the, the pitch Nowhere to go So thought I'll go down again And that time he got it And you, you saw him turn to Clancy and go How's that a free kick if that's not a penalty? Yeah well, <laughs> even, uh, well, even, When even the players are struggling to understand Where these decisions a, are coming from That's the issue they, 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 need, they need to sort that out, the referees They really do You know, um, from time to time the rules uh, get tweaked and, and altered And um, different interpretations are put on them Well, it, it's time to take a close look at, at, at this anomaly Because it's been going on for too long Ab- Absolutely, Dave Absolutely Couldn't agree more Enjoy a good referee bashing on this show Indeed, we're good at it We're getting good at it, we've had plenty of practice But like we say, two positive week for Aberdeen Two good results And as Derek touched on, the opening of Cormac Park Already kind of reaping the benefits They have 100% record since we moved in <laughs> that, That's a great stat, you know, I do like my stats um, And and that that is a, a very good one indeed Yeah, last Thursday uh, was it was a wonderful day. Um, there was something in the air when it when I went along. There was something special in the air. Hopefully, this is um, the start of what will eventually become a, a special era for for Aberdeen FC. Um, spoke to a lot of people on the day. I was a a busy boy. Um, Vice Chairman Dave Cormack, of course. It was all named after him because he's played such a, a major role in helping this all to become reality. And when I chatted to him, he was confident that Aberdeen you know, can really kick on now. Keeping Celtic Rangers aside, there's no doubt from our perspective that this is going to help improve um, the quality of player that we develop and the quality of player that we attract. Um, into the club. I mean, Celtic and Rangers today, they looks like they're in a bit of a, as one of our fans said the other day to me, they're in a bit of an arms race um, up there. Um, Celtic's wage bill's about 60 million, ours is 9 million, and, and ours is a significant wage bill. Um, so we, you can't just compete with that. So we, we need to look for ways um, of levelling the playing field. Yeah, whether that be generating more income to be able to um, to invest, because everything we do at the club is about investment in the success of that first team. Everything we do. Well, Dave, I think kind of the benefits hopefully will be there for all to see sooner rather than later. But I think it is it's a it's a sign of where we are as a club these days that that twelve million pound investment has been done with no debt to the club. Yeah, I mean, it would be it'd be very easy to to say, oh well, you should have spent twelve or thirteen million pounds on on players, but that only gives you a short term fix. You know, full credit to Aberdeen Football Club for for thinking long term, and you know, for you know, not listening to the the misguided supporters uh, amongst the Red Army that think. Oh, you could have spent that money on much better stuff. You know, you've got to speculate to accumulate, and and this, uh, you know, Cormac Park can more than pay for itself o- over over time, can't it? Because it'll help Aberdeen hopefully to unearth some some real gems that can come up through the system. We're thinking long term here. We're thinking conveyor belts of young talent that can be developed at some of the best facilities you'll get anywhere in the country. And then eventually, a few years down the line, after being big hits for the first team, they can be sold on for big money. That's the way Aberdeen have to operate. That's it. And I think we've seen that model with some of the other clubs in Scotland 
Um, I'm thinking kind of the Edinburgh sides, even Hamilton to a point, um, who have that real strong youth development culture in place, who are reaping the financial rewards of that as well as on the park. Yeah, that, that that's exactly how it's, uh, it's 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 got to work. I must say, I, you know, I took time to walk around the facilities inside and out, and you know, they're they're absolutely magnificent. Um, can't speak highly enough about them, and hopefully, over time, they they will, you know, reap uh, big rewards. But you know, in the more immediate um, period of time. The first team squad have got you know the best facilities possible, and there won't be any of this uh, faffing about in a minibus looking for a place to actually train. There's a dedicated facility they can train whenever they want. It doesn't really matter what the weather's going to be like because the the main pitch um, has got undersoil heating. So you know they, they've really thought of everything, and they have really pushed the boat out, Alan. Because you know originally it was ten million pounds was the budget. But now it's nearer to 13 million because they wanted the the spec of uh, facility in place that can really maximise Aberdeen's chances of of being successful. Well, that's it, and I think like um, the manager touched on as well in some of the in some of the media comments after the the opening. Um, it, it's about attracting players to the first team as well. Um, I think it's if players do have the option to come to Aberdeen or go to another similar sized Scottish club or some of the kind of championship league one clubs in England the training facilities especially for kind of younger players especially some of the younger players the likes of Lewis Ferguson who I'm sure would have been on the on the radar for the Edinburgh clubs and um, kind of clubs of that size surely he's looking at Aberdeen with kind of being realistic here Lewis Ferguson will move on from Aberdeen Lewis Ferguson will move on to bigger and better things, especially if he continues on the trajectory he's going. Hmm. Um, so for him to come in and develop himself as a professional, surely the, the training facilities are something that is a big consideration for these these pros, and it's a big consideration um, in us getting players over the heads of other clubs. Yeah, absolutely, Alan. And, you know, you, you just need to look um, to a couple of Aberdeen's recent signings, Ojo and Hedges, the, the the promise of Cormac Park coming to fruition were decisive in them choosing Aberdeen rather than going elsewhere. So you can see it's it's already working. That, absolutely. And uh, speaking of training facilities or lack of, a manager who didn't seem to be too um, kind of hamstrung by them in his time at the Dons was there to open it, wasn't he? Yes, um, Sir Alex Ferguson, who of course used to take the the team to to train on the beach, just just anywhere really, any patch of ground uh, that wasn't uh, all frosted over, <laughs> he w- he would take them there. Um, he officially opened Cormac Park, of course, and afterwards um, we we got a great speech from him, and Sir Alex was in absolutely terrific form. It's been absolutely imperative to have a training ground in the modern day and the athletes that you're producing and uh, the competitions you're in today is different from my time in it. The kind of players we had then were special. You know, it's hard to find these diamonds. It's hard to find them. We could train the beach every day and still win the league. <laughs> you know, it's, it was an, an amazing group of players to be involved with. It was a pleasure to be here at that time. But today is a different day. We've got a platform now. We've got a great platform to move on 
and be progressive and be successful again. And I'm really delighted for that. So, Stuart, you'll need to get money out. <laughs> you can't go with to, down the grave with pockets full of money. I wish you I wish you good luck. Just keep doing the lottery. <laughs> anyway, it's a pleasure to be here and an honour to to be in the opening in your training ground. Well done. They've Sir Alex on fine <laughs> form. Absolutely genius. Stuart, you need to get your money up. And then you could hear Stuart Milne replying to that. It's all spent. Aye, we're sure it is, Mr Chairman Absolutely, but I, I think it probably isn't all spent, actually No, um, <laughs> I'm sure you could still find a couple of quid down the back of the sofa Oh, I think so, yes, absolutely <laughs> But anyway, I think it, it's one of those days that, that a, a massive, massive week in, in the history of the club Massive day in the history of the club, sorry um, And I think regardless of, I think there are a lot of views on the, the, the location of the stadium And the building of a new stadium um, and I think that will be debated over for a long time to come yet But I think there are only positives to come from Cormac Parker, they're not Oh yeah, I mean, you know, there, there was nowhere else We've had this debate, I don't know how many times, haven't we, uh, over the years There was nowhere else for the new facility to go I'm sure if uh, it was an ideal world, which clearly it isn't You know, if you could have wound the clock back uh, a number of decades when there was still loads of uh, land available surrounding Pataudry, then, you know, plans could have been put in place then and the the, the ground could have been, you know, bought over by, by the club or, or kept by the club, I should say. But but it isn't. So we had to move on and we did move on and we need to all get behind the, the Cormac Park site. Um, hopefully in not too many years, we'll also have a wonderful, shiny new stadium and the whole site is going to be a marvelous asset, not just not just for the city, not just for you know the the supporters and the players. It's going to be a marvelous asset for you know the the community trust, which does so much good work. It's going to be a great place for for youngsters to grow and develop as as players, and it it's just going to be great for the region as well. No, that's it. Let me say. Well, that brings us on, Dave, to some of the weekend's other games. And this week, the Red Army were represented by Bobby Clark. And you caught up with him at the opening of Cormac Park as well? Yeah, indeed. It, it was great to catch up uh, with the, the legendary keeper who, of course, had the Youth Academy at Cormac Park uh, named after him. Bobby was in the first team, of course, which won the league for the first time under Sir Alex way back in 1980. He'd been with the Dons since arriving from Queen's Park in 1965. I asked him about some of the biggest characters he'd played with. I don't want to be throwing anybody under the bus here. There'll be a lot. I'll just let, let, let's let leave it. There was a lot of fun. There's a lot of characters, a lot of personalities. I, I was lucky. I, I played behind great defences all my time here. You know, I had Jens Peterson when I first came, and then there was Martin Buchan, and then I was lucky enough to have Willie Miller. So the team that would win had Willie, and he was a, just a fabulous leader. Alec McLeish, that, that pairing was, was superb. It was very, very good to play behind. But then you had folk like Stuart Kennedy. He was such a character. I just loved sharing a, a room with him in Argentina. He was a great, great roommate. But I got right through the whole team. I mean, there was... Uh, 
there's too many stories. I'll leave them untold, but I just say that was a great team. When Sir Alex then brought in the younger boys, and it got even better, I think. Oh, you see, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't spill the beans. He must have signed a, a non-disclosure agreement uh, not to give any tales out uh, about what went on uh, at the training sessions and, and in the dressing room. I, I just couldn't. I tried. I tried, but I couldn't get him to spill the beans on anybody. Next next time, Dave. Next time. Next time. <laughs> next time. No, well, actually, that does bring us on to mm. this week's predictor. Yep. Have you got the table in front of you? Uh, no. I do. Do you want me to read it out? <laughs> no. <laughs> go on then. But you will anyway. But I, I'm go- I was going to. I just wanted to. <laughs> so, at the top, tied on 55 points, myself and Dave McDermott. Andrew on 50. Mike, 43. The Red Army, 41. After an impressive 10 points from Bobby. And at the bottom, Dave... It's yourself, 35. Six Ooh. points adrift. Six points adrift. That's a sackable offence, I think, isn't it? That is. That, that, that's, that's relegation form, that, mate. Oh, well, OK, OK. Let's resurrect the Galloway must go. <laughs> Hashtag then. Yeah, we, we can have... Uh, we, can, we can get the listeners to, uh, uh, to, to tweet us then, can't we? And they, they can put either hashtag uh, we are all Dave Galloway or hashtag Galloway must go. Would you like? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see who's coming. I think we, we, we're going to start this campaign on Twitter. I did see you had some backing last week, Dave. You did have some backing last week. That was good. And th- thanks to all my uh, supporters, all all two or three of you. Galloway's happy clappers. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh. Right. Before I get myself in trouble, let's on yes. onto the predictor, Dave. Okay. Let's uh, start with Saturday's league games. Uh-huh. Hamilton draw it home to Ross County. Fairly yeah. entertaining by all accounts. Yeah, Hamilton 2, Ross County 2. I had gone for uh, 1-0. Uh, Bobby Clark had gone for uh, 2-1 to the Aki. So Hamilton and Ross County, yeah, fighting out a, a really good one. Um, Hamilton battling away there. They... They were well beaten in the end by Aberdeen on Wednesday. Um, it could have been a lot more than, than 1-0, but they are battling and scrapping away. I, I just wonder, though, could this be the season that Hamilton go down? I, I get the feeling that it, it might be. I'm not convinced, because I tip them to go down every year and they stay up. Um, mm. But another another late... Goal involving Ross County. They, they, they can't. They can't do it every season, though. You no, know, they, but well, they, we've said that for a couple of years. Now. Fair, fair play. They keep. They keep coming up with the goods. They keep coming up with, you know, unexpected wins. You know, when you see the results on a Saturday, and goodness me, Hamilton have drawn or, or won a game that we all thought they were going to get well beaten in. But um, I, I just wonder if, if maybe this season is when their luck might run out. Possibly, Dave. Possibly. On to Motherwell, Livingston. Yeah. Big, big three points for Motherwell. Yeah. Keep them ahead yeah. of us. Listen, well, well done to Motherwell. The the manager they are doing a a great job, Stephen Robinson. But um, might he be going to Tynecastle in in the coming days? Who knows? It's all speculation at the moment. But he has done a, a terrific job with a, a limited budget. Like you say, third place. 
just ahead of Aberdeen, just a point ahead. They they won two one against uh, Livingston, and tell you that they're playing some some really good football as well. You know, they, they used to be um, quite. Uh, how, what, how would you say if you were being diplomatic? Um, Quite, quite a physical side, quite a robust style of play, uh, but they certainly knocked the ball about well. Um, I had gone for 1-1, Bobby had gone for 3-1 Motherwell, but 2-1 the well, well done to them. And just quickly, Aberdeen Kilmarnock, how did you get on with that one? Aberdeen Kilmarnock, um, I went for 2-1 Aberdeen, uh, Bobby got the bull's eye, um, he went for 3-0 to Aberdeen. And just quickly, we'll stay on Saturday's league games before we move on to the League Cup semi-finals. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we need six fixtures for a full yep. card in the predictor. Due to the semi-finals, only the three league games and the three top-flight league games this weekend. Mm -hmm. So we decided to include Cove Rangers at Cowdenbeath. Yeah, Cowdenbeath 1, Cove 3. Bobby went for 2-1 Cove. And hey, I went for 3-1 Cove. So I know I'm bottom and I know I'll probably get relegated to, to where we, we haven't decided yet. But I got that right, so you can't deny me. My my little moment of glory, Dave Galloway, got a scoreline correct in the predictor. Yep, and we found your level, it's League 2. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one, didn't I? Oh, Goodness me. But no, impressive from Cove again. Yeah. Still top of the league. I really fancy them to... It, Ed, Edinburgh keep keep taking the wins over at the moment, but I do mm. fancy Cove to, to kick on and run away with that one. I, I don't know about run away with it. I, I do I do fancy them to be there or thereabouts. Um, I don't know about run away with it. I mean, it, it, they, they'll need to show some staying power. Yeah, they've done well to, to hold on to their place at the top, but... Let's see what happens when they maybe lose a league game or two. Will they be able to bounce back and then go on, a, go on another winning run? I think that will be the acid test. But fair play to Paul Hartley. Uh, what, what a great job he's done so far. Well, that's it. And I think kind of being chased down by Edinburgh City, um, who were involved in an incredible game at the weekend, mm. winning 1-0 winning in the 83rd minute. It finished 3-2. <laughs> That wow, that, that would have been a good game, wouldn't it? Three two, ninety first minute penalty winner Ouch. for Edinburgh City. Ouch! Incredible. Ouch. Um, right, that takes us on to League Cup semi finals. Saturday's game, I think, in little doubt, really. Um, we all kind of saw where that one was going. Yeah, I don't know if anyone had five two though. No, I, I I very much doubt anybody would have predicted uh, Hibbs would have would have scored two it, or, it, it was, or, or or even one. But uh, there may have been a few Celtic fives, but I doubt there were many Hibbs twos. In I, the abso absolutely, I I went for four nil. Bobby Clark went for for three nil, but of course it was uh, five two. But it, again, it it could have been uh, a more an even more substantial victory for Celtic. It was like they managed the game and they. They they did what they had to do to get over the line. So Absolutely. now we've got an old firm final to look forward to. Yippee! Oh, some of the hooray. Some other media, not on this show. I'll have you. I'll, I'll, I'll yes. be very clear about. Yes. But some of the media have been praying for this one, haven't they? Yes. Oh, and they'll 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 get what they want, and the 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 West Coast media will be uh, going into overdrive, won't they? I'm going on holiday. I'm leaving the country in the build-up yeah, to that. I one. think I'm. I'm certainly going to do something else that day. <laughs> but just quickly on Hibs, yes. at time of recording, Dave Hickey is still at the wheel. But uh, for for how much longer? I think the feeling was Martin Boyle possibly saved his job midweek, and mm -hmm. um, with that late equaliser, um, 
do do the board pull the trigger now, or was were they never expected to get anything? Does he get this uh, this weekend's game at McDermott? I, I think I think that's up for debate, Alan. I really do because I mean, you know, the the sudden sacking of uh, uh, Craig Levine on on Thursday afternoon, I think at about four o'clock or whatever it was, um, that that kept you know that that caught a lot of us on the hop and. You you just you just can't say for sure. I personally think he might just be given um, one more game, and if that's not a victory, then I think I think that might be it. Well, that brings us nicely on to Sunday and Rangers against managerless Hearts. Um, yeah. We'll touch on Craig Levine in a second. How did you get on mm. predictor first? Three 0 Rangers, fairly comfortable after a fairly I thought strange team selection from um, kind of. Stand-in manager Austin mm. McPhee in yeah. not starting the one player that has caused Rangers problems in the past in uh, Uchiak Pezu. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised when I saw the team, but you know, for uh, for forty-five minutes it appeared to be working, and it took into injury time. I think it was a minute of injury time for Rangers uh, to score, and then they scored again uh, two minutes after the the restart, and then again round about the hour mark, a, a double from Morelos in the in the second half there. Um, so it, it appeared to be working, but uh, I, th- I think we all knew that Rangers were going to win and win comfortably. They won 3-0 in the end. I, I thought it would be 4-0. Uh, Bobby Clark was a, a little more uh, conservative. He thought it would be uh, 2-0. But like I said a couple of minutes ago, we've got an old firm cup final. Yippee. <laughs> Can you tell how Can't enthusiastic wait. I am? Um, but that does bring us on to Craig Levine and I think we've been speaking about it for weeks Um, there have been a few managers that have been under real pressure and I think we always said the one we didn't expect to go was going to be Levine yeah, well, he was he was widely seen as as being bomb proof, if you like, wasn't he? Because um, of his close uh, friendship with the owner Anne Budge, and you know, some people, quite a few people, in fact, thought that that was going to kind of bomb proof him. But uh, you know, even her patience um, snapped with Craig Levine. And what I can't understand is he's been given the sack twice from two different jobs, yet he's still at the club in another, albeit lesser capacity I don't really get that you know if, if you sacked you sacked surely I, I would have thought so but this is Craig Levine so that brings yes. us on to let's say we, we think possibly um, Paul Hackingbottom will stay in the job for another week is what you what you reckon but yeah, lo- looking I, I, at, I think I think till the weekend look at, looking at looking at the names lined up um, to replace Craig Levine I think they've said they will go through an extensive process at Hearts mm-hmm. but you've got Stephen Robinson currently the favourite for the job Followed by Jack Ross, then Roy Keane and David Moyes. What? Did you I've, just make that up? I, I have them in. I have them in. Fr- I can give you the odds if you like. Roy Keane. I have in in order <laughs> in order in in order. I've got one, two, three, four, five. Roy not Keane. I've got the top. I've got the top ten in front of me. Goodness me. Top top ten. Top ten for the for the Hearts job in order. Mm-hmm. Robinson, Jack Ross, Roy Keane, David Moyes, Andy Kirk, Austin McPhee. John Robertson, Neil McCann, Gary Holt. Wow, wow! Robbie uh, Nielsen not on that list. Are the are the bookies favourites? Nielsen, Nielsen out at twenty two, which puts him well behind some so he's, others. He's, he's well down. Well, because because I know I know that uh, Robbie Nielsen was asked um, about the vacancy today. Obviously, Levine took him. Um, 
to, to Hearts as a player and he installed him as head coach at the age of 33 back in 2014. But uh, Robbie Nielsen, you know, neatly sidestepped and shrugged off uh, any any connection with uh, his uh, former club just by saying that he's uh, got a lot of uh, work to do at Dundee United and, and he's very excited about what lies ahead. So I would say highly unlikely that, that, that he would he would be there. No, well, he's, he, he, with the bookies, he's the same as Henrik Larsson. To take the job, <laughs> I, I I think um, I think um, Robinson would probably be a, a very good choice because, like I say, um, at a club uh, like Motherwell, they're a great club, really well run. Um, you can't always say that, but certainly nowadays they're a very well run club indeed. Um, you know, he's done it. He's done a terrific job with them. Robinson. So yeah, well, just quickly before we want to, so I've I've managed to pull these odds up in front of me, and I'm just reading through the names now. Mm-hmm. At 20s, which is so le- more likely than Robbie Nielsen, according to the bookies, Shelley Kerr. Shelley Kerr. That would be a... V- wow. Uh, do you know what? It's the kind of appointment, if if there were a club in the top flight in Scotland to make that kind of appointment, you wonder if Hearts under Anbudge may may be that club. I mean, that, that screams left field, doesn't it? But um... I mean, is it more left field than Cathro? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Um, and and certainly, um, she's got a much better personality than uh, Mr. Cathro, who doesn't appear to doesn't appear to have much of a personality. To be honest, a quiet, reserved character. Hey, a very good coach by all accounts. But you know, you've got to be a, a good manager to be a manager or a head coach. It's different to just just being a coach and having tactical knowledge. Well, you've got to get your ideas across. Here's where I think where the, where the big thing comes in with, with Hearts is we know Craig Levine is no longer going to be director of football, but all this chat about a new manager I think very much depends on whether there will be a director of football. Yeah, you just you, you just wonder, don't you? I mean, Hearts is the, the story that, that, that keeps on giving, isn't it? No, well, that was it. And I think just quickly before we finish up on this, the reason I was touching on the Hibs thing was um, our colleague Lewis made a very good point to me mm. um, last week as when we were speaking about this um, in that you wonder if Hibs will pull the trigger on Hacking Bottom quicker because they'll be in the same position looking at the same managers as Hearts. That, that, that's pool. a decent. That's the, a decent point. I mean, some somebody like Jack Ross, I think, the, could, would, could do a very good job. So so could Stephen Robinson. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Like, let, let, let's put this out there. Just let's put this hypothetical out there for you, Dave. Just mm-hmm. before we finish up, Hibs sack Hecking Bottom. Yeah, you're Jack Ross. You've been offered both jobs. Current state of squads, kind of where we think the budgets are at the moment. If you're Jack Ross, do you take Hibs or do you take Hearts? Oh, that's a really tough one, isn't it? Because they're both uh, equally down on their knees, down on their their luck at the moment, aren't they? I I would say it would it would almost be a toss of the coin. That wouldn't it? Because they're both they're both big clubs. They're both similar in potential. Um, that's a really tough one. That is a really difficult one. Uh, okay, I think we, we, we need to come. I went Hibs. Okay, I'll go Hearts then. <laughs> just just different. Just I think, um, and it, it was more than just a toss of the coin. I wonder Hearts have such a big squad. Mm. I mean, the, the foundation have put a lot of money into Hearts. That there was mm. a, like nine million pounds or something as a as a round right, figure. Nine million. Yeah. Um, the, but. I don't think there's a whole lot of that left for a new manager to come in and spend. Yeah, it's so it's, might, a fairly, it might, it's a fairly it's a fairly bloated squad, and I would it, I would imagine the new Hearts manager is going to have to get it done with pretty much what's there. 
Yeah, you'll have to do some wheeling and dealing. You know, absolutely. And, you know, they they have got a good squad, Hearts. They do have a good squad. It's it's just a question of uh, maybe streamlining it a bit and getting in a manager that can that can press the right buttons. Yep, absolutely. And I think, I think Hibs, for, for me, I think Hibs possibly just have this... I don't know what's going on with them because they've been hopeless. Um, but I think Hibs possibly have a slightly better squad, more likely to... And kind of available at the moment. Hearts have a fair few missing... Mm-hmm. Um, I think Heckingbottom doesn't seem to be getting the best out of that Hibs squad at the moment um, yeah. but you do wonder if Martin Boyle coming back last week Martin Boyle will be a big player for Hibs um, for the rest of this season if they can keep him fit yeah totally totally but very very little to choose between the two Edinburgh clubs though. but just so, just quickly we'll run through the league table I know not everyone played this weekend top two unaffected as neither were involved Motherwell now just a point ahead of Aberdeen um, Kilmarnock four behind that Ross County f- rounding off the top six on 14 Livingston one behind them 13 Hamilton 10 St Johnston after me predicting Tommy was going to get sacked by Christmas obviously went and won yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to get the sack now no that's it I, I, that that didn't last that that didn't age well it's fine well, well, well done to Tommy I, listen I've always said he's a very good manager and he's, he's shown that now so no, that's it. So St Johnston up to ninth, unbelievably, which just shows how think, tight things are at the, mm. at, at the bottom of the league at the moment. Hibs 10th on nine points, Hearts off the bottom on goal difference only on eight, but the kind of bottom five separated by just the two points, Dave. Goodness me! I mean, you know, the next um, the next few games are going to be uh, very exciting and shaping that league table, especially down at the bottom. Um, I I still think I still fancy Hamilton to go down. That that that's that's going to be my prediction. Both Edinburgh clubs staying, both yes. safe. Yes, Hamilton to go down. That's my prediction. Right. Yeah, I've recorded it now. That's it. We'll, we'll we'll pull that one out at the end of the season and see how we. Get. It's fine. It's not a, it's not a shock prediction. Anyone predicting Hamilton to go down? There are lots and lots of clips of all of us saying right Hamilton are going down and they're still here. It's got to happen at some stage. <laughs> eventually no well Dave that is it for another red review wow where is all the time gone I know where's it gone time flies when you're having fun Dave it's great well let's see I have been Alan Davidson this has been the red review and we'll be back next week available on iTunes Spotify and everywhere else you get your podcasts from North Sound 1 red review